Yeah. And he was a whole lot bigger and more muscular. He worked out every day at the gym. Do you work out every day at the gym? Okay, yeah. God loves to come through. And He loves to change things around. He loves to come at the last minute and do something awesome that we can never do on our own. Thanks, guys. You can have a seat. Okay. He, loves, he takes a little boy and he goes up and he sees Goliath cursing God's name and saying all this stuff. And anybody that wants to fight me, just come on out. And here comes a little measly mouth David who hasn't even gone through adolescence and still has a real high voice probably you know and he's you know you get this picture of who is this man that who is this Goliath and he's probably saying who is this Goliath you know and all the men are like dude what's your pro- what is this kid doing here he needs to get out of here. he's just this little you know guy who doesn't have any, doesn't have any hair under his arms get him out of here you know he doesn't know what it's like to be in a real war But David stands strong. He's like, I'm not going to let Goliath do this kind of stuff. And, you know, I was reading this morning, it said just the spearhead, you know, giving this long spear, and just the head of the spear weighed 15 pounds. Okay? That's pretty heavy. I was trying to think of what was 15 pounds. Just the head of the spear, not the spear itself. And they load him down with all this armor. And what does David do? We know what he does. He takes it off and says, it's uncomfortable. It's not my... Armor, and he picks up the five smooth stones. A toy, a child's toy. And that's how he defeats Goliath. God comes through at the last minute. God does the impossible. And what do you think he's doing to the Israelite army? He's stretching them. But did the Bible say that David was being stretched? No, the Bible just said David believed because he was a boy. Because he trusted in God. He believed in God. And that's the cool thing about kids and about young people. They, they, they love jumping right in. They love because they're not, they don't have the stuff that we have in us, you know. The stuff that adults have, they love jumping right in. They sense and they know when the anointing of God is there. And they can trust God so much more than I can. And so that's why the Bible says, I believe, you must become like a little child. Okay. God wants us to become like kids so that we can really understand Him. He's trying to stretch us. Oh, another favorite uh, lesson that I have is, is Gideon. I love the story of Gideon. I was reading it this morning. And uh, God is a last-minute God. He comes through at the last minute. There's how many people? There's 32,000 people in Gideon's army. And the Midianites are just taking over. The Midianites are just ruling and just doing all kinds of stuff. And Gideon's like, you know, we can take these guys. I've got 32,000 men. And what does the Lord say? He begins a process. He begins a process of eliminating all the people. He drops down from 32,000 to so many thousand, to so many thousand, until finally they have... Does anybody know how many they had? How many? 300. 300. You, you, read your, you did your Bible lesson, huh? Okay, 300. From 32,000 to 300. Wow. Can you imagine Gideon? I'm looking here in, in Judges. It says, So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and the trumpets of the others, 
Can you imagine Gideon standing there saying, okay, we don't, we don't need you guys. Um, uh, you just stay in your tents and the, the, you 300 come with me. You 300 come with me and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna kick some booty today. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, okay. And so what does God do? He's, first of all, he's stretching Gideon. He is stretching him so his plans and his purposes can breathe into Gideon. He's saying, Gideon, you don't need 32,000 people. You don't need all this. You just need me. That's all you need. I can do this. And I was reading this morning, I saw something that was really awesome. At one point, Gideon was really discouraged because God had not shown up in a while. God had not been there in a while. And he says, Gideon told the Lord, he he said, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, "Did did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. You ever been like that in life? You ever wondered where God is? You ever, you ever, feel, like, you ever feel like this is your scripture here? You know? Uh, you, you, heard, you heard the stories of how God did great things in the past and how God came through and did stuff in your family or in your church years ago or in this movement or in this revival. And now you're, you're just discouraged and it says... All you can say is the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. You know, I kind of feel like that sometimes. I don't know if, if you feel like that. Maybe I'm just highly unspiritual. But I kind of feel like I'm in good company sometimes. I kind of wonder, where are you, God? You know, you, know, you, you called me to do this thing. And, and, and where are you? I don't feel your presence. I don't feel your provision. I don't. And what is God doing? He's stretching. He's stretching. He's stretching. He's stretching us. And, and with Gideon, he even goes a step further and he says, okay, you've got your army of 32,000. Now I've whittled it down to 300. Now, don't you think Gideon is feeling like he's been abandoned even more? And he's up against all these people? I would feel pretty abandoned. You know, here they're, they're walking home and they're like, hey man, we're glad we don't have to fight your war. <laughs> See ya. Okay, we're going to go home and watch some TV or the Disney Channel. You, it's your war now, Gideon. And they, they're taking off. Okay. Gosh. It's just like the Lord to stack the odds. And we know the story. We know what happens. Reduces it to 300 people. And those 300 people begin to make a noise. And they begin to use, um, you know, they just begin to... They have torches and water pots, and they begin to break the, the glasses and break the, the pots and begin to yell the name of the Lord over, the, over that army. And the army, they get so confused, they start killing each other. Okay? Now, that's pretty confused, don't you think? Okay? I mean, I, I hope if I get maybe 30 kids up here and we bring torches and water pots and bust them, that y'all wouldn't start killing each other. Okay? But these guys, it was a classic military movement. It's called shock and awe, you know? You know? That's what it was. You know, I had someone tell me the other day, this is really funny, because I I never really fought bullies, because I just didn't, well, I was kind of a wimp when I was growing up. I just never, I just never got around it, but but, uh, there there was this uh, movie that I saw. Um, It's, um, 
You know that movie. It's the Western with, uh, you know, you know that movie. No, it just came out. It's, it's Robert Duvall's in it. Um, no, 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 no. It's, it's the um, outward. Uh, out, that one. It, it's coming. Huh? Open range. Open range, yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And, and it's a bunch of bad guys, okay? And there's this really, really bad guy that's like killed his, you know, done all this damage. And what, what does um, Kevin Costner do? The first thing he does is he takes out the bad guy. I mean, he, he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk to him. He just walks up to him and, and he said, uh, you killed Mose, didn't you? He said, I did. And I liked it. Well, Kevin didn't stand there and try to, well, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take you and flip you over my shoulder. No, he just goes, Pow! and it's shock and awe. He just blows the guy away. And it's a classic military move, okay? That's what they did here in Gideon. And, and so when I was, I was talking to somebody a, a couple days ago, and they said, yeah, when I was growing up, they always told me that if you ever got in this situation where you're outnumbered, you know, Ah, kids, don't go do this kind of stuff, okay? I'm just talking. This shouldn't good. You should pray for these people that harass you, okay? But anyway, I just turned and run, okay? I was just a wimp. But anyway, you get outnumbered, and, and they say, and, and you get the biggest bully, and you know you're going to get killed. You know that these guys are going to just beat the living daylights out of you. So the thing you need to do, you can get up and just talk junk to them. Oh, yeah, well, you know. Your mama this, and your daddy this, and your great-granddaddy, you're their old greasy grandparents. You can, you can talk junk to them all you want. But they said, if you know you're outnumbered, you know you're going to get killed, take the biggest bully out. Just smack him right in the head, you know. And, I mean, just go up to him and just, hey, I'm going to kill you. Just, bam! You know, take the guy down. And it'll just kind of, all of a sudden, there's this tremendous respect, you know, that'll, that'll happen, okay? You guys are like, where is he going? He's preaching violence to my kids here. Now, I'm telling you, this was a military strategy that, that God used. They knew they were outnumbered. They knew there was no way they could win. And it was a classic shock and awe. And they, and they stormed the place, and they killed each other, and they took over. You see, God's ways are not our ways, guys. God's ways are not our way. And he, he has to reduce it down to almost nothing to make something happen. Why? Because He's in the business of stretching us. He's in the business of making us more into His image. And then what does He do? We go into the New Testament. The disciples. Do I need to get started on them? Do I need to talk about Peter? Do I need to talk about anybody else? I think you're getting the picture. A tax collector as a disciple? I mean, that's like having an IRS agent who's crooked saying, called into the ministry. And he becomes your church administrator, you know, and handles your finances. I mean, let's make it relevant to 2003, okay? A corrupt IRS man gets saved and now he's in your church handling your finances. I mean, those are the kind of people that God used. You know, I don't feel so bad, okay? And if He used those kind of people, can He use us? Of course He can. Because what is He doing? He's stretching us. He's stretching us 
because he knows the plans he has for us. He knows the plans he has for us. He's stretching us. Yeah, that's why I like being around kids because they love being stretched. You know, back during the Welsh Revival, do you know the Welsh Revival, which was a... Uh, it helped usher in the Azusa Street Revival, which a number of different things happened during that revival to bring Pentecost to the United States. You know the Welsh Revival was started by children and teenagers? I don't know if you ever read about that. But it was started by kids and teenagers. Teenagers were leading home groups and prayer meetings, and children were interceding and praying. And you know what the adults did, the, the pastors of that day? You know what they did? They, they uh, decided to go check it out. They decided they needed to, to see what was going on here, to see what was happening. So they went over, and they began to look around, and they began to find fault with all kinds of things. They began to say, well, you can't do this. Put the lid on, put the lid on, put the lid on. Do you know what the Lord did? It said that in the book it's called um, uh, A World of Flame. It said the Lord closed the mouths of the adults, of the pastors, they couldn't speak. They had as they sat there dumbfounded as these children and teenagers ushered in this great revival. And anybody who was not for these pastors, they just sat there dumbfounded. They couldn't even talk. They couldn't speak. You see, God takes the stuff that we think He can't use, and He uses it. Isn't that amazing? It's just like God to come through in a pinch. Why? Because He's, what is He doing? He's stretching us so that when we get to the point where we're stretched enough, then He takes us and it's easy. It's easy. It was turned around here. Susan also has practiced these before he do them. And then His breath can flow through Him. And then what's even better is when His breath is in you and He stretched you to that point and His breath is in you. You know what He does, kids? He releases you. Yeah, man, you just go everywhere. Okay? He releases you to do His work. And then you know what He does? After He releases you, He kind of pulls you back and He begins to stretch you some more. Oh, again? Yeah. It's, it's not going to stop, guys. It's not going to stop until we get to heaven. It's a constant process. Because once you reach this level, He's saying, okay, guys, you got to this level, and before you get comfortable... You see, when you get comfortable, then God stops moving in you. When you get to a point of just being comfortable, God's like, okay. See, God's always in motion. He's always moving. And if we stop and we just say, okay, I've had enough. Now, there's a time to kind of rest and a kind of, like a sabbatical and just, okay, you know, I need to rest. And, okay, God, you know, just let me chill here for a little bit. But if we remain there, if we remain there, He can't begin to fulfill His purposes. We've always got to be moving with him. That's the thing I'm seeing. That's really the thing. And see, this is not stuff that I pulled out of a, of a sermon gazette this morning. This is stuff that's going on in my life right now. I mean, this is like fresh manna, guys. I mean, this is where I am. I am being stretched. And just when I get to the point of thinking, yeah, it's happening. It's really happening. It's I'm stretching again. Okay. And ever since, you know, we began this thing, and ever since we uh, you know, began Kids Ablaze, and, and, and it's a stretching process. But you know what I'm finding is that if we allow God just to do His thing, just to do His thing, and allow Him to stretch us, He will use us like crazy. 
He will use us like crazy. It's incredible the things that are happening when we just give in to His purposes and His plans. Things come so much easier when we give in. You ever notice that? Things come in, things go along. We were in Nicaragua a few weeks ago. It was the best missions trip we ever took because it just all came together. It, everything flowed. Connections were made and people were touched. We had a children's pastor's conference and over 300 people showed up and, and we trained them and then we worked with some feeding programs and we trained four pastors that oversee a 1,000 children in their feeding programs and, and just everything. We worked with an orphanage. It all came together. Why? Because prior to that, God had been stretching me and God had been preparing me and, and we got there and boom, it happened. And, and that's, the, that's the cool thing about being just totally out there on faith. You know, God comes and He meets and He takes care of us. And um, that's really cool. And those are just kind of the things I wanted to share with you this morning. Can you receive that this morning? Is that good? See, I know the plans I, I have for you. He may not reveal those plans to you right away. But if you allow yourself to be stretched, allow yourself to be in the process, He reveals those plans to you while you're in the process. While you're in process, those plans, and he begins to show you things, okay? And, and, and some of you, you know what I'm talking about. I get that sense that you, you feel that. So, Listen, we want to show you just a quick three-minute video of, of what we're all about, and then Tony's going to come and receive an offering for Kids Ablaze after that. And then I want to minister to you after that. I've got one more thing I want to share with you, and then we just want to have a ministry time. For you guys, but this will give you kind of a, a, a bird's eye view. We just got this videotape produced. It's been a white, it's, it's amazing video production. Well, I won't go into it. I mean, we spent six hours, a, a total of 20 hours for three minutes. Anybody in video? You ever? It's, it's ridiculous. Why can't God just do it like that? Why do you have to go through every little slide and sequence? Anyway, there was a great a guy that really did a great job for me. And it gives you kind of a bird's eye view of what we're doing. And, and Pastor Tony would come receive an offering. And then I want to minister to you guys, okay? All right. I'm going to cut the lights there for me. Thank you. Done throughout the world today. We go, go, what we did 10 years ago with kids will not work today. That's fine. Let me take a couple of minutes and share with you how Kids Ablaze is partnering with local churches in the U.S. and overseas to help kids find their place in the body of Christ.
just gotten a first-hand look at how Kids Ablaze Ministries International is impacting children in the United States and in other countries. Join with me and countless others as together we'll help children find their place in the body of Christ. good video. Well, we'd just like to take up a quick offering for, for Randy Thompson and the Kids of Blaze Ministry. Um, he does have an awesome ministry. He has an anointing to work with kids. He's done, uh, we've gone to several of his Hearts of Blaze worship nights, and we have seen changes in kids that have gone, and it's, it's really been wonderful. Can I get some kids who didn't do it last time and wanted to do the offering? Oh, uh, if you guys can make a check out to Calvary Community Church, we'll make sure Randy gets it. Okay, let's see. Yeah? All right. Well, we just ask you to bless this offering, Lord Jesus. We ask that you bless Randy Thompson and the Kids of Blaze team, Lord, and uh, for all the effort and work they do with the kids, Lord Jesus. We just ask that you bless them abundantly, Lord, and that uh, you would breathe life into the ministry, Lord Jesus, and that you would launch it. Um, into miraculous heights, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Okay. Um, this song that we're getting ready to do and I'm going to be dancing to is uh, called You Said. And um, it really represents how... Um, Probably, I mean, at least how I was called to missions. Um, at the beginning, I just want to explain this so you understand what's going on. At the beginning, I'm real confused because I feel God's calling on my life, but um, it seems like like nothing's happening. And I, I, I want to do something for God. I want to go out and minister and do missions, but I don't know where God is, and I can't, I, I just, I'm confused. But then he comes and shows me that he's there with me, and he shows me the plans that he has for me. But then when I see those plans, I get scared, because it's very scary to step out. And so then I go into a time of fear, because it's, it's very scary. And um, But then um, he comes and gives me strength and gives me courage to do what I need to do. And there's a time of rejoicing um, and thanking God for calling me calling me to, to be his servant. And um, then there's a time of intercession because before anything, before you can actually really do anything, you have to pray. And you have to intercede for what you're going to do and for the people that you're going to be ministering to. And then there's a time where you live it out. And you live as a servant and you live in that, in that calling on your life. And I was just going to explain this outfit. When we were in Guyana in August, a pastor's wife gave this piece of cloth to me. Um, so that just kind of represents Guyana. Also, this necklace says Guyana on it. It's the flag. And um, when we were in Guyana. And in Jamaica, it was very hot. That's why 
I have the bandana on because it was very hot and we just wore bandanas to keep the sweat out of our eyes. Okay. Um, so make that noise. Yeah, that's basically what it is. That's fine. Yeah, I forgot to introduce. This is my daughter, Sarah. I forgot to introduce earlier to Sarah. And Rebecca is somewhere. Oh, there's Rebecca, my other daughter, right there. Well, Rebecca, wave. Okay. And my wife, Diane, usually travels with us, but she's been tra- we travel somewhere every weekend just about. But she's been with me the last two or three weekends, and she's just worn out. I said, honey, stay home. You're calling us to be at home. And so she sends her love and greetings to you. Maybe next time you get a chance to meet her. Okay, go ahead. Oh, Lord, I ask for the nations. Oh, Lord, I ask for the you 